Welcome to The Edge by MGR with your host, David Gill. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Edge Podcast by MGR. Your host, David Gill, here. I hope everybody is having a fantastic week. As always, I certainly am. Uh, We've got quite a bit to discuss this week because uh, last week I did an interview with uh, Karen Howland, which was great if you didn't listen to it. We discussed kind of the state of... Uh, consumer brands and consumer products and where things are heading, why big consumer products companies, CPG, are failing and why uh, CPG startups have such a massive opportunity right now. Uh, She is a managing director for a fund, CircleUp, that uh, is a $125 million fund that invests in consumer products, consumer brands, CPG companies, and uh, yeah, she just had a ton of insights. It was a fantastic interview. If you're in the CPG space, you absolutely 100% need to listen to what she has to say. I thought it was it was fantastic. So anyways, go ahead and listen to that. But because I did an interview last week, it's been now about two weeks since I've done anything that was remotely news-related. So we have some catching up to do, particularly on the Amazon front, we talked about Amazon with her last week, but it was more the uh, big picture stuff and how she thought about Amazon and how her companies think about Amazon. But um, this week, we want to, or I want to, we, I want to talk about uh, some of the things that Amazon's been doing, and then I'm going to do a little digital marketing uh, recap of the past few weeks, give an update, and overall, we're just going to do some catch up and discuss what's going on in the e-commerce and digital marketing world. So let's get into it. You ain't got no money, I ain't got no time. All these faces looking funny when I'm driving by. So there's three major things that I wanted to discuss uh, regarding Amazon. We're going to start with Amazon. Um, I'll start with the first because it's probably the biggest. The the basically we have one good news, one bad news, one pretty neutral. So I'm gonna start with the good news and then I'll get because it kind of leads me into the bad news. But that is that Amazon caved to regulator pressure, regulatory pressure, and uh, basically they got ahead of the game to avoid possible antitrust charges. What am I talking about? Well. Before, um, Amazon had a provision in their seller terms that said sellers could not undercut Amazon's prices uh, on their own website. So obviously if you sell on your own site and you sell on Amazon like many, many, many people do, you were not allowed to undercut the price of your products on Amazon. So now because there was... You know, Amazon's facing a lot of regulatory pressure. There's been all types of talk about regulation over the past few weeks, especially from certain presidential candidates who are trying to build up their platform and get a turn a lot of heads, let's say, with big uh, sweeping regulations. Uh, I might talk about that a little bit. We'll see. But um, for now, basically, there was one of the biggest antitrust um, accusations against Amazon was that 
they don't allow sellers to sell at a lower price on their own site, even though they would possibly be able to afford it. Uh, because obviously they don't have the cut that Amazon takes. Now this is pretty common actually, you know, if you sell like for example uh, in retail, you know, the retailers, you know, if you get your products in Walmart, say, uh, Walmart is probably going to tell you, hey, you're not allowed to undercut us uh, somewhere else, it's part of the deal. But because Amazon controls 50% of all e-commerce in the United States, uh, you could argue, and basically regulators were arguing, that this is a antitrust uh, case in which they are basically taking advantage of their monopolistic position. So Amazon, uh, realizing that this could be something that in court would go to help the regulators in putting in antitrust regulations against them, they decided to get ahead of it and just say now basically remove that provision so now that's now sellers can undercut amazon on their own website if they wish and i do want to talk about the antitrust case for a second here because it's going to lead me into the next topic um and the next topic is basically the bad news which is if you're a vendor on amazon um you might not be for much longer or you might have already been cut off um, basically, long story short, um, for those of you who don't know the difference between vendors and sellers, basically, if you're a seller, you're selling on, I guess you could call it the Amazon marketplace, which is just anybody can list their stuff if you get approved, obviously. Uh, but basically, almost anybody can just list products for sale on Amazon, and then Amazon will take a referral fee. Vendors, however, act in the more traditional retail sense, where just like if you uh, go back to the Walmart example, if you sell something in Walmart, basically Walmart will give you a purchase order, they'll buy a certain amount of your products and pay you ahead of time and then try to sell it themselves. Amazon has the same thing with their vendor central. Um, basically, they act as a retailer. They pay companies ahead of time for their products and then sell it on Amazon.com. But it looks like they are trying to cut back a big time on that side because, as you might guess, it is much less profitable when Amazon has to pay ahead of time and then actively try to sell the products themselves then when sellers do all the work of uh, making the sale and then amazon just takes their commission fee so what amazon decided to do kind of without warning and out of the blue which i don't think was a good idea because of the antitrust which i'm going to talk about in a second is just send out a wide memo to a ton of different vendors saying, hey, your products are not profitable for us, either lower the price or we're not going to buy for you anymore. And a lot of them, basically vendors, because Amazon doesn't want to buy a ton of product and hold a ton of inventory, uh, unlike most retailers where, say, you get a purchase order every couple months or so, um, Amazon does it on a weekly basis. You have to do weekly shipments and they'll tell you how many units they want each week. And so, you know, obviously, if you're selling product, uh, you're going to have to buy a bunch of inventory ahead of time and you're kind of trying to guess demand. But then if all of a sudden all of your Amazon sales just go to zero because Amazon says, yeah, we're not going to buy any of your products anymore, either lower the price or become a seller instead of a vendor. Uh, that obviously is going to hurt your business and a lot of small businesses, you know, they're very much 
either taking out they're either taking out loans to be able to afford all of their inventory or they're kind of they don't have a ton of cash in the bank because they're constantly buying inventory in hopes of selling it very quickly and then you know building up that momentum all over time and if that momentum just gets swept out from under them you can imagine how that would hurt a lot of businesses so let's talk about the antitrust for a second Basically, the reason why Amazon has a tricky antitrust, uh, I guess you could say, situation is because they're not a traditional monopoly, right? The traditional monopoly is a supply side monopoly, which means it's kind of like the classic, you know, Rockefeller monopoly, right? What did Rockefeller do? That, you know, he's kind of, Rockefeller is probably the reason why we have very strict antitrust laws in the United States. He wasn't the only one, but he was one of the originators back in the, uh, what, late 1800s, roughly around then. But uh, what he did was he was a massive oil seller in the United States. And what he would do is go to local areas. Obviously, remember that there was no nationwide sellers really back then. This is the 1800s. Uh, So he would go to a local area. And because he could afford to lose money for a while, he would just cut all of his prices on oil, put all the local oil sellers out of business. And then once they were all out of business and he was the only game in town, then he would jack up the prices and gouge customers and they would have no choice to pay it uh, because he was the only oil seller. So you either pay it or you don't have oil. So that's what he did. That's the classic monopoly. And that's the type of thing that you definitely cannot do these days with antitrust laws because you will get shut down very, very quickly, and companies are smarter than that. They don't even really try doing that very often. It's pretty rare you see someone trying to do that, and if they, especially gouging customers, it's pretty rare that that happens these days. I mean, it still does. I think the biggest case would be probably cable companies, um, but other than that, it's it's pretty hard to find true monopolies like that anymore because of antitrust regulation. So, That's the classic. It's basically a supply-side monopoly. Amazon is different. Amazon doesn't control any of the supply, right? Almost all of Amazon's supply, besides the private label products that they sell, are by third-party sellers or third-party vendors. So what type of monopoly does Amazon have? Technically, I don't think they have a true monopoly, Um, But basically, if you were to argue that they had a monopoly, it would be a demand side monopoly, which is that, well, in the United States, as I said earlier, they uh, 50% of all e-commerce transactions go through them. But again, I don't know that you can argue that that is a a true monopoly because a lot of it is based on, you know, low prices very cheap shipping basically if they were to stop offering if they were to start raising their prices on everything i don't know that they would keep that monopoly it's a it's an interesting discussion to say the least but i don't know that they would keep that monopoly but amazon is smart that's why they've introduced prime that's why they've introduced all types of other incentives besides just having the best prices to keep people coming to Amazon consistently for all of their uh, e-commerce needs. And they're even, you know, obviously the goal is not just to dominate e-commerce, but to continue to take away from uh, regular or retail commerce. And so 
the antitrust is on the demand side, but we don't really have a whole lot of history with regulating demand side monopolies. And this is why I think the antitrust case will be very difficult against Amazon because they've done nothing to hurt the consumer is the point. At the end of the day, the consumer chooses to go to Amazon.com. There's plenty of other e-commerce sites, right? Even Walmart is very much uh, trying to make big e-commerce plays, but there's tons of other places you can go to buy the same uh, goods or at least very similar goods. Amazon has the widest selection because obviously they're the biggest platform, so they have more sellers than anybody. But as far as uh, the most purchased products, the biggest products, uh, you can go to you know you can buy Tide at Walmart or Target or Amazon or a bunch of different places. So it's not like Amazon has a monopoly on the supply; they have a monopoly on the demand. In that basically. If you need to buy something online, you're probably going to go to Amazon unless it's something very specific that you need. And so because they offer such a great platform for consumers, they offer great shipping options better than anybody else, they often have the lowest prices and they're not gouging and have never gouged customers or taken advantage of anything, it's very hard to say, hey, they're a bad monopoly. The only argument is that they're not it's not that they're taking advantage of consumers which is the traditional antitrust it's that they're taking advantage of sellers and this is why i said that doing this to vendors where they just basically cut them off without really any warning is not a good look for amazon especially in the face of antitrust and if it doesn't make much sense to me why they would try to get ahead of some antitrust by allowing people to undercut them but at the same time go and do something that very much flexes their muscles because amazon knows that sellers need amazon much more than uh, amazon needs any individual seller because all the customers are there so by flexing their muscles i think this is something that uh, if i'm if i'm a antitrust prosecutor I would certainly bring this up in court as an example of why Amazon should be regulated. So I'm not sure why. And listen, I'm not someone. I don't think Amazon should be uh, overly regulated. I think there are certain things. I'm glad that they did this. They removed the provision so now that sellers can actually undercut on prices. Um, but I don't think they should be overly regulated because at the end of the day, Amazon is a great platform and has a great offering that's why so many people go to them but the biggest argument is that they take advantage of sellers and they really do kind of have been continuing to do that so i don't know amazon is a little baffling on this front in that they totally will cut off vendors and they'll you know they'll have they have famously bad seller support their customer support on the buy side is fantastic their seller support is famously bad it's gotten better over the past couple of years they've made efforts but it's still not great and they definitely leave a lot to interpretation as far as their rules and they will not hesitate for a second to just cut you out of the platform completely uh, for whatever reason and it can be very very difficult to figure out why um, there's lots of problems on the seller side. So, but the, the reason I'm saying this is a difficult antitrust case is because they have never taken advantage of consumers, but they have taken advantage of sellers. 
So it's kind of a question of, but if you do regulate them, then it's almost guaranteed that the experience for the consumers will be worse. So it's really a question of, do regulators care more about the consumers or do they care more about the sellers and small businesses? Or is there a balance that they want to be achieved? That's the question that is going to have to be addressed and that is something that is not easy to answer at all. And that's why nothing has been done to Amazon yet. And I don't anticipate anything being done within the next couple of years, honestly. So that's my take on the antitrust and basically what Amazon's been doing. I want to talk about one more thing. I mentioned a third thing about Amazon, and that is that they are continuing to take on Google for search ad dollars. I talked a lot about how Amazon is very much taking on Google for the future of search, both for product search and on voice search. Obviously, you have the classic Alexa versus Google Assistant going on. But Amazon is very much focusing on the monetizable search, the the big money making search, which is you know they don't Google can have the curiosity searches, the how you know how old is this person or what's the distance from Earth to Mars or things like that that are not money making searches. But when someone searches for a product or wants to buy something, Amazon wants those searches, and obviously they are starting to get them. But they have introduced a new feature, which is video ads in search, which is something that Google does not offer. Um, basically, on iOS, it's starting with iOS, um, but it will expand to Android soon. They are going to have video ads in the Amazon search feed. So if you search for a certain uh, type of product and you're trying to decide uh, and you're a seller you can now put video a uh, video ad demonstrating your product in the middle of the feed instead of just a regular sponsored ad where you're just paying to put your listing there first you can actually have a video that you know maybe shows all the benefits or whatever and uh, basically catch the person's attention much more than a regular sponsored ad now I assume the cost of these video ads will be higher than just a regular uh, boost my listing uh, ad, but we'll have to see about that. But this is very much, again, Amazon is trying to capture more market share of the digital marketing space and digital marketing ad dollars, and they are continuing to do so. They're growing very quickly, and Amazon's doing this because they want to become more profitable, and there's not much more profitable than the digital marketing space. That's why Google and Facebook are such cash cows, because it does not cost a lot of money to run a uh, platform for search or for basically digital ads and you can certainly make a ton of money if you have the eyeballs and Amazon certainly does. All right, that is enough about Amazon for today. I wanted to talk about one other major thing in digital marketing and this is Instagram. I'm sure you heard, but Instagram, if you didn't hear, is now enabling in-app checkout for products. So they already have had, if you've seen, uh, I'm sure many of you have, if you follow any companies on uh, Instagram, the little uh, 
shopping bag little thing in the corner and if you tap then like say you have a model wearing like a certain jacket you can tap on the photo and uh, just like it when you tag a friend you, you will have the tag for the the jacket and you can basically click and then it'll say it'll give you more details in the jacket and then if you want to buy it just as you on website you go to the website and you can check out from there now instagram is trying to close that gap and enable in-app purchases so you basically add your credit card to instagram one time and that's it you're done basically now you can just i'm not sure can it do they have apple pay they probably will enable apple pay for ios i i would guess they would but anyways nonetheless they are going to uh make it so easy that if you see something you like on instagram whatever product it may be you can literally tap on the picture click and buy in two or three clicks you're done and you've bought it it's basically they are greatly removing the friction that is buying through instagram not that there was a ton of friction before but you know there is always that friction of having to leave the app now instagram is making it that customers don't even have to leave the app to check out a or to purchase a product which is a very big deal. I think it's actually a move that is good for both consumers and sellers. Sellers, obviously, I don't think I need to make any argument there. The less friction, the better. If people can buy your products in two clicks, it's great. The only negative is that uh, you're not getting the first party data of the customer visiting your website. I'm not sure how you know, Facebook or Instagram are going to handle all of that particularly. We will see. Um, but at the end of the day, if it can be a major revenue driver, I don't think people are going to worry too much about that. And then on the consumer side, uh, the reception I've seen so far has actually been pretty good. I haven't really seen anybody be negative about it saying, oh, no, this is a bad feature. Most consumers just say, uh, oh, no. The biggest reaction I've seen from consumers is, oh, no, I'm going to be spending a lot more money now. You know, I better uh, someone take my my credit card from me or kind of jokes like that. So this has been pretty well received. Honestly, I don't think it's a surprising move. I think I've, I've been expecting something like this for a while. I'm not sure why it didn't happen sooner. But uh, you never know with these things. Uh, they have to. They take time to develop. But anyways, I think this is a big deal for digital marketers, and I'm very much looking forward to test it out ourselves and see how it can work for our own clients. Just a couple more things before we wrap up. Um, Uber and Pinterest are both going to go public. Pinterest pushed their uh, IPO up forward. I guess they wanted to do it right away. So by mid-April, they said that they will be a public company. So I don't know um, how much money they're going to raise. Pinterest is an interesting platform because it seemed like they were almost dying off for a while. But lately, over the past probably 12-ish months, past year, They've actually started growing a decent amount again, and they've definitely been able to monetize their platform. So I don't know what their growth potential is, but at least they're a viable business and a company that makes money now, unlike a lot of other Silicon Valley companies. And unlike the next one we're talking about, Uber, who officially announced that they are going to go public. When they do, it will likely be the largest IPO in history. The largest was Alibaba at $21 billion. Um, 
unless something catastrophic happens, I don't anticipate Uber being less than even 60 billion. In fact, they could be north of 100 billion. Who knows? I think that evaluation is a bit ridiculous, but times are strange right now. So I don't make predictions on these things, but uh, we'll see. It will very likely be the largest IPO in history, though. Um, I just want to say coming up next week, uh, Apple is going to have their big event on Monday. And uh, I'm thinking about having a full streaming um, update or not update, but streaming discussion because I haven't talked about the streaming wars in quite a while. It's been a few months, so I want to discuss that. And obviously, Apple is going to have their big news event. And uh, as far as the Apple news, which I discussed previously, their subscription news service on top of their new streaming service. So we're going to find out all the details about that. And then there's been other companies doing making moves. Disney is obviously still. Uh, planning on rolling out their service soon. Comcast with Xfinity came out with a pretty interesting offer. Uh, so anyways, I'm going to talk about all that next week. For now, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. If you are a e-commerce seller, please go to mgredge.com slash amz. Uh, it will take you to a nice little page for Amazon sellers. We help with everything that comes with Amazon. Uh, they're constantly changing. They're constantly giving sellers headaches, and we guide you through that whole process. So if you need help with Amazon, let us know. We can definitely, definitely help you out. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. Bye-bye.